Welcome to the Make Disciples Podcast, a short weekly podcast where we will share topics, ideas, and resources useful to you in your effort to follow Jesus as a disciple. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Make Disciples Podcast. My name is Dan Rober, and joining me today in the podcast studio is our outreach pastor, Todd Vellember. Todd, glad to have you here with us. Glad to be here. And uh, we have you here for a very particular reason. We're talking about the disciplined life this season and the ways that we can grow into more mature believers. And uh, you have a particular insight into this as an outreach and our serve freely pastor and thinking about the concept of the compassionate life. Sometimes we can think about the Christian life as something that we're doing between us and God, and it's helpful to start thinking about it as how we do it with others, but also for others, thinking about others. But let's uh, get into this. For you, what do you think what role compassion plays in the spiritual development of a Christian? I would say that's an easily overlooked discipline when we're naming disciplines of the faith, reading God's word, spending time in prayer. Um, one of the things you mentioned, I think that's really important. We do have a personal faith, but we don't have a private faith. Uh, I Good think distinction. The, the calling of a Christ follower is a, a true calling to community. When you look all the way at the first disciples Jesus called, he called them in the context of community, and then he launched them out. Uh, on mission. He could have very easily just kind of cloistered them together and said, hey, we're going to settle in here and we're just going to learn, 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 and we're going to grow, grow, grow. Uh, But he didn't. He said, hey, we're going to serve. And along the way, you're going to learn. Along the way, you're going to get it. And when we talk about compassion and we look at Jesus and his disciples, man, that's all we see over and over again. And it's so glaring because the disciples didn't get the compassion. And of course, you had all kinds of contextual issues, Jews and Gentiles, you had Samaritans, you had, hey, these are enemies and these people aren't like us. And actually, we don't talk to women or, hey, orphans and widows are kind of just out there. So you had all these distinctives that were Jesus turned like culturally up on end people that were often overlooked, people that were marginalized, groups of people uh, that were shunned, that Jesus said, hey, not only do I want you to see them, I actually want you to move towards them. And in their minds, it was, well, you're actually asking us to do that in ways that are against what we thought we knew how we were supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really important point because we can come up with all sorts of excuses like cultural reasons that we would be withheld from offering compassion. And uh, for us, perhaps the biggest one is uh, time. Yeah, absolutely. Just don't have time. And uh, Jesus gives us some of those same kind of examples. You know, he's interrupted in his ministry, and yet those are divine interruptions where he's providing this example of compassion. And so I guess what I'm hearing you say is that we shouldn't be trying to seek out this uh, lifestyle of, say, a monk or a nun, someone who is cloistered and simply trying to live out their Christian faith. I mean, perhaps there is space for that. We don't have a lot of that in our Protestant tradition. Sure. But uh, that's not the goal for the average uh, follower of Jesus. No, I, I think the tension of the Christian faith has always been How do we take what Jesus said that you're gonna live in the world but not be of the world? And so the tension has always been 
are we building up walls in order so that we can grow and get closer to Jesus? But in that very same instance, are we actually building walls that are now keeping us away from people that Jesus wants us to interact with? Yeah. And so while it may make a little bit of sense and there may be seasons where we kind of retreat, if you will, or get inside the walls, but honestly, I struggle with that because when you look at Jesus' major teaching and when he taught his disciples most profoundly, it was in the context of serving and it was in the context of engaging with people that he taught some of the most powerful lessons as to this is what it means to be more like me. Yeah. And that's a really helpful point to say that we actually grow while we're doing ministry, perhaps even more at times than while we're learning about ministry. Absolutely. So a good distinction. And let's get down to uh, some uh, examples here. How has this focus on compassionate living uh, helped you personally in your own Christian life? So one of the stories I tell a good bit, one of my very first years in Nicaragua, driving into a place called La Trudeca was uh, literally in Managua. It's the city dump. Um, I had no idea what I was getting ready to experience. Sight, smell, senses were just overloaded. Uh, as I realized, close to a thousand people live in the dump. And that wasn't necessarily by choice, but just simply by where else would they go. And so to drive through, and I use the term houses very loosely, formed of scrap metal and wood and plastic, and to walk into those homes. And then to see the ministry the Busbys created, a literal school with walls in the middle of the dump to say, we love you. We're going to come to where you are. And in one of those moments, I walked up above the hill that overlooks the, the school in the dump. I could see the school, the kids below, smell of burning tires and trash and watching children chase in dump trucks so that they could get there first and adults rummaging through. And man, with tears in my eyes, the verse that Jesus talks about in the Gospel of Matthew, when he looked out, he saw them as sheep scattered and helpless without a shepherd. And for the first time, I think in many ways, that verse just took great deep root in my heart and my prayer up there that day, looking over these people that Jesus loves in the dump, was Jesus, would you allow me to see people the way that you see people? These are your sheep you love, that you have given your life for. And how could we turn a blind eye? How could we turn away? How could we not move to? Now, then it becomes overwhelming. Well, how do we get this to everybody? And how do we, I can't change the living situation of a thousand people that are living in a dump. Great principle I learned many years ago, do for one what you wish you could do for all. And so while I may not be able to change the trajectory of a group, um, I can start with one. I cannot be paralyzed and allow the compassion that Jesus has for people to move me towards people. And that's in a large part where the journey towards compassion, and it's just become a daily prayer. God, give me eyes to see people the way you see people today and allow me to be interrupted. Allow me to not, you know, one of the practical takeaways for me is making sure I actually schedule margin into my day where I'm not running appointment to appointment or meeting to meeting and to have moments where as if I'm driving and there's a need, I actually have time to stop. And it doesn't work that way all the time. And I get that. But it's just a rhythm that took some discipline to create. 
give me margin, Lord, to have compassion. I love that. And this whole idea of just developing uh, an understanding of the humanity around us. I think the more that we live our lives, the more we can lose that if we aren't paying attention Absolutely. to it. They have the same struggles, the same issues that we do. And so by showing compassion on others, by reaching out to others, we can begin to love them imperfectly in a way that's close to the way that God loves them. Yeah. As you connect it to growing, I can tell you this, I've never grown closer to Jesus, more in-depth in my knowledge and my love for him than when it's been living it out and serving. And I've sat through seminary and Bible studies galore and can get into the scriptures, and that's good. But I can promise you the things that have stuck and shaped me out to be more like Jesus has been learning on the field, so to speak, learning by doing, hearing the words of Jesus and putting them into practice or seeing things and going, oh, that's what Jesus was talking about here. Well, you've already given us one great example of uh, the need for margin. And uh, I can completely resonate with that because I can be so busy that I can't see other people. But what else? How can someone make compassion a part of their life? Um, I think margin is a great discipline to put in practice. I think actually stepping back before that would be simply through prayer and just saying, Hey, Jesus, would you allow me to see people the way that you see people? Um, for me, it's not okay for me personally, but for followers of Christ to just say this, well, we didn't know. I think that is off the table as an excuse and or an argument for us. And so it's not okay for me to not know right now what's affecting our Afghani brothers and sisters in their plight. It's not okay for me not to know uh, where the church is most heavily persecuted. And then there's great resources towards praying. Uh, Joshua Project is one that I use every day that brings on an app, on my iPad, a people group of the day to pray for. And so in learning, I'm growing in compassion because I've said, hey, it's not okay for me not to know. And I may not be able to reach that people group and likely I can't by myself. But man, I know I can pray and I can pray for God to move and I can have my eyes and heart opened to the reality of that. And so there's ways to build in compassion through prayer and through knowledge. And then to pair that with margin, God, as you give me opportunities, I'm going to take them, especially when it's initially one that I would go, hey, that may stretch me too much or I'd be uncomfortable. Those are the ones that I've learned the most to go hey, it's probably then worth it. And it's probably the most like Jesus when I don't think I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. For our uh, friends who are listening and are part of Wildwood, uh, are there any resources on opportunities that we can direct them to so that they can learn about how they can get involved with our ministries here? Yeah, absolutely. I would say that the first and easiest is just simply at wildwoodtlh.com on our website, um, there's just a simple inquiry form that just says, hey, I'm just curious about serving. Most of those opportunities are going to be inside the walls of our church, which is a great place to start, easy entry. But then we also have plenty of opportunities outside the walls of our church to simply say, hey, I feel like I have these gifts or these passions, these abilities, or I'm not sure what I have, but I'm curious and I want to learn more and I want to take some of those steps of faith towards being engaged in mission, whether that be in our church, in our community, or literally around the world. Yeah, a good word. And uh, trying to live out uh, however we can, imperfectly as it is, Jesus' 
simple observation, what we do to the least of these, we're doing to him. Absolutely. Well, Todd, thanks for joining us for this episode. And uh, I know that you would be happy to talk with people as well if they have further questions about that as well. No doubt. Feel free to reach out, email, call the church office. We'd love to explore this further with you. That's great. And thank you for joining us for this episode. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Make Disciples podcast. We would love it if you would subscribe, leave a review, and spread the word. This podcast can be found in Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. My thanks to Catherine Eckhart, the producer of this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Wildwood Church in Tallahassee, Florida.